0: <makes> oh. <noise> re -re reboot Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast
1: Greetings, Starfighters. This is Ruined Childhoods. I'm John, here with my brother Dan to gab about the 1991 action comedy, If Looks Could Kill. Dan, before we find out if you are a Freako for Greco... How the hell are you? I'm
0: doing well. John, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I so
1: we both just lit candles in our uh our remote recording settings. Uh what's your aroma? What's your we're aroma set, of choice?
0: We're setting the mood here. So, uh this was I believe a, a holiday gift and it is appropriate to my location which is here in Seattle. Oh. It is it is it is Nirvana. This is not a to give you the visual Does smell like flannel and sweat. It is not, no, it is not a Nirvana the band themed candle, which is like also not hard to find here in Seattle. But uh, it is a it is a scent combination. This is I um my daughter Chloe, age nine, picked this out. <laughs> um way to dox your daughter, and and that is all you will know. <laughs> uh, and you don't even know if I'm telling the truth because I'm a wonderful liar. Uh, so the scent I am certainly not lying about is patchouli, tonka, wow. sweet, sweet jasmine and tropical nectar. So that is so Seattle. There's that there's the element of patchouli, which I know a lot of people find. And, and honestly, it doesn't really smell like patchouli, but it is sure it doesn't. <laughs> as I burn my nose to like, you know, prove it. Uh, no, uh, it it really doesn't have a strong patchouli smell. But to be honest with you, I it, there's a certain nostalgia that I associate. I was never one to wear but patchouli, but there was always like at least one person, uh, you know, and this is, I'm talking about like college days in the mid to late nineties. You're spelling uh, days D-A-Z-E, right? Of course. Of course, that is so yeah, if um I was like, if you've got the subtitles up, this is audio um sorry uh, um, but uh, I was thinking, you know, if we had captioning up right now, uh, it should definitely be spelled d a z e
1: right uh dan i i I wanna know, did you ever like were you ever an incense burner?
0: yes, yes, okay. Oh, I definitely, I, um, yeah, I want to say like late, like my mid to late 20s. Okay. When I was, uh, you know, living on my own and, you know. Trying to mask odors. Trying to mask odors. And, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, working in the, uh, working in the arts at the time. Yeah. And, uh.
1: As hey, what, Yeah. You know? So you and it, was, it was a,
0: it was, as I refer to it uh, now, one of my past lives. So, right, right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, that's what it was. And uh, you know, it was a, it was a wonderful time gotcha. and we're going to have a wonderful time today talking about if looks could kill,
1: we sure are, but I, I do want to share my. The scent that I'm experiencing right oh, now, yes. which is not yes. indicative of uh, the place where I live, Portland, Oregon. I was wondering. It, I was wondering. Okay. It is, uh, this would maybe make more make more sense if I were in like New Mexico, perhaps, or um, Arizona, po- possibly Southern Texas, but cactus flower and aloe.
0: Oh, I'm I'm really wow. digging a whole,
1: the cactus flower aroma. It's kind of my 2023 aroma of choice.
0: Cactus flower, no, that is nice. That's it's cool. it's really it's really delightful. It's I really, really delightful. like that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we are not yeah. here
1: to talk about what we are smelling. We are here to talk about what we're watching. Dan, have you been watching anything good lately? Have I been watching anything good lately? And uh, that is to say, aside from the. Well, uh, Uh, What we are doing for our next episode, because our next episode requires a lot of homework,
0: multiple viewings. We've been working on this for for a few weeks now. And I I I I began the the last film that I need to watch in that I still have one more that I need to rewatch. I am I should I'm going to throw this out there. I am not going to be able to rewatch all of the films in this franchise. That's right. I said it. Um, but I will, I have, I will have now, I have now seen them all and I will have rewatched the ones that I have not seen in like the past decade. Got it. So anyway, that's, Anyway. that's all I have to say about that. Uh, um, what have I been watching? I have to look at letterboxd, which is where I don't, I, and I don't usually log the ones that we're watching um, if I haven't already oh, like, to, done them
1: to be discreet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, because y- you might get, get notified and then you'll see my, my rating and y- you, know, we don't talk about these things before right now. So, uh, let's see, what have I been looking at recently? Ah, well, I watched the princess bride, which is I definitely not the first time we did an episode. Yeah. On it yeah. Way back when, but way it was back when. It was my daughter's first time. Uh it was Chloe's first time. And the um, nine year old? Yeah. Hmm. Damn it. <laughs> um You said it before. You're gonna be like, oh, the one who goes to this school. Oh <laughs> uh, the Uh yeah. Wait, anyway, no, what did she um, think about it? What characters so, did she did she like? She liked, well, first of all, I want to point out that she is uh, over over the summer doing a two-week musical theater camp where they're doing, like, they kind of do their own adaptations of things. Okay. And it's, you know, they're, they're, they're cool legally. Um, I, when I used to do performing arts camp, we used to do the same thing. Like, my buddy Dave DeVito, shout out Dave, um, like, we did a Star Trek play mm-hmm. with it It wasn't a musical but uh like we did a star trek play with like a bunch of 10 and 11 year olds um yeah, god who are now like in their 30s but um it, it you know it's cool uh but <laughs> she's doing that and because i've been trying to get her to watch a princess bride for for a while now and it's funny because she's um like she's kind of hard to convince you want to watch a movie with her it's got to be like whatever she's into right now it's like it's like you know what no i want i'm like no one of these i'm like i'm just gonna start making popcorn sitting you down and saying this is what we're watching yeah. like get comfortable so she and i like walked out of the room after i said that and she came back in and she's like so what would you sit me down and force me to watch and i was like princess bride and she's like, okay. So anyway, popped in the Blu-ray, had a wonderful viewing. She really enjoyed it. I don't know that she really... I don't know that there was a singular character that she really liked, but she had like, she kept guessing. She kept trying to guess who the six fingered man was. And like, she thought that first she thought that the dread pirate Roberts was the six fingered man, but then she, but she also figured out who he was before uh, he was unmasked. Um, So she was, Oh, he's that. Um, I kind I you know who I really hope I mean like of course any part she gets I just love that she's doing theater I really hope she gets to play uh, who is it Marilyn uh, X or his wife Yeah okay Carol Liar! Kane yeah. yeah Carol Kane Sorry if I just blew out any eardrums there but uh, yes I could really see her nailing that <laughs> You know I and I don't know if the,
1: this will be part of a you know, a, a, a play of this, but I could totally also see her as the Fred Savage role. Oh,
0: definitely. Is this the, a kissing book? The,
1: the salty tween. <laughs>
0: well, that was on, on... No, John, I'm glad you said that because that was one of the reasons I was like, the hook of this movie is going to get her into it because yeah. it's about this kid who just wants to fucking sit there and play video games. Yeah. I didn't... And and no, it's like a great I'd, Peter Falk is here again. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Although if that were either of us, we'd be like,
1: sweet, Peter Falk, I'm sick, and Peter Falk just came into my room uh, to read me a book.
0: Hell um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I'm just going to assume that that dad's not listening to this episode. <laughs> okay. But Chloe, but Chloe was like, I wish I had a grandpa like that. Uh. Well, it's a very specific <laughs> kind of grandpa. I will. <laughs> no, I will no, no. That. It, but it's meant you're meant to feel that way. Yeah. You, everyone is meant you're meant to feel that way when he how are the sick. Um, And so for me watching it I and I always kind of had mixed feelings about it. And I'm still not crazy about the score in places. Right. But yeah. It's otherwise, very, I'm not, it's yeah. Too synthy. It's like arti- artificial. The yeah. The other parts of the score are bu- are beautiful, Um, uh, you know, but. I enjoyed it so much more. I think watching it with her, especially Through because... the
1: Eyes of a Child.
0: <laughs> Through the Eyes of a Child. Um, wow, call back to the South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut soundtrack. Oh, is that an actual song on there? It's like an it's like the end credit song from the movie. <laughs> and it's like it's I think it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone's band. It Usually, is, yeah yeah, Um but yeah. Anyway, it it, it was um it was a really enjoyable. So you watch Princess Bride, and I, well, Great. and I thought to myself, I was like, Chloe is totally gonna identify with this kid. Yeah, and Chloe is totally in that position where it's like, you know what, kid, shut the fuck up. I'm reading you a book.
1: Well, I've seen that kid roll her eyes before, and let me tell you. Her eye roll and Fred Savage's eye roll,
0: you know, they're cut from
1: the same cloth in that way.
0: Well, you know, that that eye roll has been handed down from generation (laughs) to generation (laughs) to generation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, John, so uh, I've watched that, and I won't go on too long about the other movie that I rewatched for the first time in a while and that I appreciated more on this rewatch, but Contact – uh, Contact. I think the last time I saw it was probably like VHS. I feel like that was one of those that I might've like hooked up the VCRs and, and dubbed. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, in the, in the days when I switched from putting three on a tape to one for the sake of quality, um, i had not i was kind of like contact kind of Ugh. um but on this viewing i was really into it i felt more connected to the story and i felt that i was like man robert zemeckis who i have kind of gotten cold on in recent years and who i've kind of felt like oh, i always feel like robert zemeckis is like look at what i'm doing look the yeah. motion capture beowulf um tom hanks on a volleyball um, like he's gimmicky, but I felt like Contact was where there was like a real like human story, and and Matthew McConaughey in like early in his in the stardom part of yeah. his career, and Jodie Foster. The, I mean the the dialogue between them, the um the chemistry, not not just romantically, even though that's part of it, but um just their on screen chemistry. Uh, James Woods plays a prick, so it's yeah. fine. You can watch it and you'd be like, James Woods such a prick.
1: Did he um, actually play a character or did he just kind of like stumble onto set and they were just like, oh, great, James Woods is in the shot? It was kind of like, uh, you know, all may, right, as well, James, may as well weave this into an actual character.
0: James, let's lose the right wingy stuff and the pedophilia and uh try it again can
1: i can i tell you okay so
0: when i was
1: in my mid 20s and i had first moved to los angeles and i was doing a lot of like extra work on tv shows and movies i did an episode of uh the james woods uh courtroom like lawyer show shark and oh. which nobody should remember that uh, you know it was james woods doing a lawyer show and uh, i i only remember james woods uh when we were like breaking for lunch or something and he was sitting off at another table and like i was with some of the uh, some of the other extras and the the chatter amongst our table about james woods was just about him being a creep and i don't know why like this stands out to me but it seemed uh, scandalous to some at the time or not so much scandalous as as much as shocking but they were just like oh yeah and he shaves his ass that was the <laughs> thing that came up about James Woods I can't believe that I've never to- told you about this before <laughs>
0: wow that's what people were talking about Starfighters and- I wish you could see my face right now <laughs> I, it's not a shocked face but more. it's more of a Huh. That's an interesting thing to focus on. Um, anyway, I <laughs> contact, uh, Angela Bassett. <laughs> I, I don't know. I cannot. Can, there's no
1: coming back. There's no coming back from that.
0: No. Um, geez. Um, sorry. I can never watch the movie the hard way again. Uh, no, I, I, which is something I really despise James Woods for, is because I really love that movie, but I don't want a movie where I like James Woods in it.
1: And that's the Michael J. Fox
0: buddy cop movie. Yeah, where Michael J. Fox is an actor who's trying to right. like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. get like get the, like a serious role. Like Penny Marshall is his agent. That's such a fun movie. Um, uh, but I have I feel like the Michael J. Time. Fox
1: of it all cancels out the James Woods of it all.
0: Yeah, you know that's kind of what I've wondered. I've been reluctant to watch it when I've seen it, seen it streaming, but I I that you know I might keep that in mind and just focus on the Fox. Yeah, and yeah, it's um, kind of
1: incredible that Michael J. Fox is an actor who, and this could be in part to you know the fact that he's been. Struggling through, well, I guess thriving through Parkinson's as we've I all mean, been seeing. As much as one can. As much yes. as one can. And, you know, really embracing like this is who I am. You know, uh, I still haven't watched the, is it an Apple TV documentary? Something like that. Yeah. Is it that what out. it's on? Yeah. I, yeah, I need yeah, to watch that. I know that. what you're talking but, about. But, uh, you know, has just, you know, came out as a, a young actor as just like a really solid likable uh, actor and then has kind of just gone on to really impress us uh, through uh, both professionally and personally, you know, oh. th- who has a bad thing to say, about Michael J. Fox
0: and I, uh, you know, even uh, if anyone does, um, first of all, don't say it to us. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know anyone who does, uh, you can email us. Uh, don't dox them. Uh, but, you can email us their personal information at runechildhoodspod at gmail.com and we will come for them because yeah. no one should have a bad, if you have a bad thing to say about Michael J. Fox, you deserve what's coming to you.
1: <laughs> and uh, I know it was a long time ago already, but I, I loved his character on The Good Wife and uh, I thought that some of his uh, wonderful his- more, more recent acting has been a lot of
0: fun and I love it, enthusiasm and, then, and oh my god they uh, that is my favorite episode of curb because of because it also has larry drawing hitler mustaches on things oh, and yeah, it has anna Gasteyer's son uh who larry is oh like, yeah oh, he's, he's the gay like, clear, yeah clearly gay yeah um eh, and everyone gets pissed when Larry gets him a sewing machine, except for the kid who like, and that kid deserved an Emmy for that performance as fantastic Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Um, But uh I, I love on how the, the good wife, he plays like such a, a, like a likable character, but who's a slimy kind of a slimy lawyer character. Yeah. And yeah, I just love that. It's like, I can enjoy Michael J. Fox. Maybe that, he
1: learned well. how to do that from watching James
0: Woods. Oh no, he's not. His character is not anywhere close to that. Well, but... well, Dan,
1: before we before we launch into uh, talking about an actor who did start off really really strong and maybe uh, didn't continue on with uh, such a. Um, a heralded career such as Michael J Fox. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to add about our our last episode the last movie that we covered?
0: Oh yes, just um that thinking about um filmmakers who could make you know, and about we did your, After right?
1: Hours on our last episode. After Hours, correct. Directed um, by Martin Scorsese. So,
0: so and and because you're, you know, anyone making a sequel Two after hour is sequel or it, like a remake, um, is kind of they're picking up the mantle from Scorsese, assuming yeah. that Scorsese is not making it. And I, you know, I love that he's, you know, still making films and can't wait to watch the Killers of the Flower Moon trailer that dropped today. Dropped today. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. I'm but gonna I try shall. to release this episode today so that it stays relevant. Oh my god. All right. So um I could see the softy brothers be, and maybe it's a little too close to kind of what they've already done. And I haven't seen, was it good time? Yeah. Good with Robert Pattinson. Um, I, I, the only film of theirs that I've seen, I think is uncut gems and thinking of kind of the pace of uncut gems the fact that there is some humor in there mm-hmm. the way that there is in after hours i mean it's much you know darker oh, and more intense to- i mean yeah
1: but also i know that the softies are fully capable of of including humor into their works and i know that they personally are you know comedy fans
0: well and i also think that like they would really nail the vibe while not making it like a like we're doing Scorsese but kind of in the way that Scorsese when he did Color of Money and that's kind of how i see it being you know a Still parallel so weird to me that
1: he did Color of Money i i learned that when we recorded our last
0: episode and I haven't seen it, but yeah, I certainly yeah. know. Over, um, yeah. You know, a Buena Vista picture, uh, you know, uh, Disney presents Martin Scorsese. The, the first of, I think, at least at least two, because they also did. Uh, I couldn't I believe, was mm. um, Touchstone, uh, possibly also bringing out the dead uh, anyway. But I think the softies are and did did Scorsese like executive produce Uncut Gems? Did Am I making that up? I I don't know. I'm I just occurred to me as that sounded familiar. Um, um but anyway, that's kind of who I could see really making a great either sequel to After Hours and you know uh putting Griffin Dunn, you know, taking Griffin Dunn and real you know, giving him that starring He was role. an
1: executive producer. He on, was on gems.
0: Okay. All right. So I still have no objection to the softies doing, um, you know, after hours to, um, whatever, you know, whatever it is, whatever happens beyond after hours, uh, the older, uh, you know, the older Paul Hackett. Yeah. You know, um, and but, so that's who I think, that, um, that's who I would vote. It would also be interesting to see someone like Edgar Wright do it, just because of his "Last Night in Soho," which is uh, you know, probably a very intentional nod yeah. to the original title of "After Hours" being "One, One Night, night in, Soho. in
1: Soho." Yeah, yeah, uh, different
0: Sohos, but anyway. Well, hey,
1: why why not have an After Hours that takes place in the other Soho? That would
0: be that would be oh, where I'm going to be in a month. Really? Oh yeah. I'm going to london i didn't I know wait. that i can't wait we'll talk to about london that off mike all right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah breaking news shock um so anyway john have you been watching anything lately i'll, I'll make it snappy because we're already 22
1: minutes into this uh yeah. and we haven't we've only we've only teased the Greco. Uh, My uh i've been watching um not a lot of movies I've been, i mean i've been watching movies for this podcast but I as far as other entertainment, it's been a lot of. Uh, I've been catching up on on Jeopardies because I I've been um, you know, trying to stay current. So I'm almost caught up with my Jeopardies, and uh, I'm watching a lot of Murder She Wrote, and I am loving every second of it. It oh, is I'm starting solid. from the beginning, and uh, it is oh the guest stars. The guest stars are
0: amazing wait by the way is murder she wrote like maybe a top five like opening like opening theme like sequences of all time it's
1: pretty amazing it's pretty amazing you you i mean of course you have her typing uh and then you have her just like doing things i think of her riding a bike with a basket on the she's riding she's riding a bike she's just like doing stuff Yeah, it's just like Jessica Fletcher does not
0: stay idle.
1: No, she's a very busy lady. So she's just kind of doing her thing. And Iconic character, Angel
0: Lansbury, pour one out. I mean, absolutely. Somewhat recently.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, the first season, they, they come out swinging. Uh, with a lot of really great plot lines. Like you said, a lot of great guest stars. We had John Astin, Martin Landau, Jeff Conaway. That's just in the first few episodes.
0: Wow. Uh, Does she if- get a hickey from Kanicki? Oh. It's like a Hallmark card.
1: Oh, my God. Sorry. Uh, there. What I didn't expect from Murder, She Wrote, which, by the way, I know that we had done an an episode the a nudity. while
0: Oh, sorry. Dan, I was just guessing what you didn't
1: calm down. Uh, I know we. Ha- I think well, we had done an episode a while back where I had quizzed you on movie titles that either had a apostrophe or a comma, ah. like grammatical error. And uh, and Murder She Wrote is a show that does have a comma in the title. Murder She Wrote. So, I thought so. Yeah. And I wouldn't know, but what I was going to say is that uh, romantic storylines and, and and hints at potential romance for uh for jb fletcher and uh, you know we we launch into the series i guess probably not too long after her husband had passed away um and so we we only just kind of know that that was a thing we don't really we don't see him we don't meet him unless there's potentially a a flashback
0: haunting Oh. Or a, or a haunting. Or flashback. Flashback. That yes. No, flashback yeah. probably makes more sense. But a haunting too, especially in a show like Murder She Wrote.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I I think that uh it's it's a it's a really thrilling show to watch. Each one is like a mini movie. Uh the one of them that I watched that's maybe like the 4th episode of the series actually reminds me a lot of Knives Out that has to do with a you know a, a wealthy person and the the potential heirs to the fortune and an uh, unlikely recipient of the funds which in this case is yeah. a dog um a dog with a really huge dick I'm just going to go ahead and say it Is that like a plot point It was distracting or is it an observation Is look are you just like, I'm surprised they use I'm, that dog? I'm sure look, okay, we were talking about uh, you know, captions before and what, what things would say if they there were captions back when you were talking about your college days. And if uh if murder she wrote had audio description where for people who are blind or low vision, they describe everything that's on uh <laughs> on the screen, uh-huh. they would say uh um I forget what kind of dog it is, but a, a dog With long ears and a huge hog, uh, you know, pops up on its hind legs. Like, that's what it would say. That's what it would say. Oh. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, should we talk about if books could kill? You're you're stuck on this. You can't get off of
0: this. I'm just imagining, like, someone being like, wait a second, what was a hog doing at the will reading? And then someone explained that to him, like, no, not not the farm animal the uh euphemism for yeah. penis yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah. so anyway um
1: if looks could kill <laughs> yeah let's go okay 1991 if looks could kill comes out the
0: yes everybody goes nuts for it not really oh, uh, it's alternate universe yeah oh my goodness Which time? in the multiverse yeah the alternate timeline where if looks could kill wins best picture. Yeah.
1: So, uh this is a time when uh Richard Grieco is is hot off of uh, the first season of Booker, the his spin the spin-off of his 21 Jump Street character, which I recently learned was only supposed to be a like one episode character and the way that uh the network had kind of positioned Things after that was kind of like in the in the in the promos was like, Are you Depp or are you Greco? Like you know, pick your side. Oh, it was like right. team team Depp, team Greco
0: that well, kind of didn't thing. didn't he take over like didn't Johnny Depp like leave the show? I think he
1: kind of like petered off, but I think that uh, Grieco was still Grico, on for a while.
0: Greco was the Billy Connolly. To Depp's Howard Hessman to use ahead head of the class analogy. Yeah.
1: Nobody, nobody's processing that. You may as well use Depp Greeko.
0: Our <laughs> our listeners will get that. Okay.
1: Maybe. So I I you know, I think that it was kind yeah. of like a oh crap. Johnny Depp is going to become a huge celebrity and is going to leave this show. We need to be prepared with a carbon copy. So let's get this Richard Grieco kid in here uh and and test and test him out, so you know he went on to do to do Booker and then made his feature film debut in if looks could kill uh in nineteen ninety one and uh, you know directed by william deere co-written by Darren starr, the creator of mm-hmm. Sex in the City and Fred decker who oh. you know from the monster squad uh Night of the creeps and uh, you know a a big kind of horror guy. He did like tales from the crypt and stuff like that. I guess like horror, horror comedy is kind of his, his right.
0: He's kind of like, he's like Joe Dante, Fred Decker. Um, who, who else? There's like Shane black. Well, he worked with Shane black
1: very closely on like monster squad and, uh, the 2018 predator movie. Did Shane black also, was he involved with, uh, Robocop three or was that, that was just, I think just, that was Fred Decker and Frank Miller.
0: Yeah. Right, So. right. Okay. Uh, never saw RoboCop 3, but that's another story for another time. Have we done RoboCop on this episode? We have not podcast? done RoboCop. We are
1: 192 episodes in. We haven't done RoboCop.
0: No, because otherwise I would have seen RoboCop 3 by Fair now. Fair enough. Because it's the only one in that franchise I haven't seen. I think I've
1: only seen one. The first one. Like the, the not, original. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you, Dan, know that I've seen RoboCop 1. I think Absolutely. we've wa- we've most certainly watched it together.
0: Oh, I'd buy that for a dollar. All right, <laughs> that, I, all right, we're not. So getting okay, so it if looks good, Robocop kill. Engine.
1: If looks good, kill is a movie that I know I saw ad nauseum on HBO. Um, I definitely taped it off HBO. You, you taped it off HBO. We perhaps that was a go-to. Oh, what should we put on? Here's this tape that Dan made where it definitely was like three on a tape, low oh, quality.
0: No, that, yeah, that one did not, especially at that time. No, did not command a single tape uh, yeah. treatment. And uh, the naked gun was the only one that merited that status. Oh, really?
1: Okay. Yes. Uh, So I'm going to, I also, I, for some reason, feel like the monster squad was one that was perhaps a got its own tape situation. I'm just picturing the 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 yellow label on the side of a of a black VHS tape that just says right the right Monster now. Squad. Anyway, uh, right I'm now. gonna I'm gonna read for you a synopsis that I wrote of if looks could kill before I rewatched it for this podcast.
0: So, oh yes, uh,
1: so going back to my memory from uh, cannot be any earlier than 1995, uh, or no, sorry, later than 1995 probably the last time I saw it looks cool. So, Dan, are you ready? Yes. It turns out that for for too-cool-for-school teen Michael Corbin, his high school finds that it's too-cool-for-Michael Corbin when they deny him a diploma without retaking French. Now off to complete his education, Michael joins the school's summer French class to visit Paris for some real-life French experience, But what Michael Corbin doesn't know is that there is a super-spy who goes by the name Michael Corbin also on his flight. Teen Michael Corbin is assumed to be the elusive British intelligence hero in deep cover as a teenage shithead. Meanwhile, the criminal organization that super-spy Michael Corbin is after is onto the alias and targets the French class as they travel via bus through the French countryside. As he gets thrown into a number of impossible situations— our teen hero finds himself responsible for saving his French class and taking on supervillain vi- super Augustus Starenko Facha a Facha. And I don't know if my French pronunciation is at all accurate because I've never attempted to speak French, Dan. So, uh, the the description the, the synopsis that I just read to you from memory. I got a, it's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh the difference is that the other Michael Corbin this the actual spy Michael Corbin actually gets killed before Michael Corbin actually goes to France. So it is just believed that this one person is super spy Michael Corbin who is in the who is a CIA uh deep undercover deep cover operative who they believe is so deep undercover that he's even unwilling to uh, admit to British intelligence that he is the spy michael corbin because he keeps on insisting i'm a french class reject i am a dunce you don't want me and that yeah. is until he sees the car that they are giving him and he goes oh yeah forget it i can do this i'm i'm a super spy
0: that's pretty much what does it yeah yeah it's the car and john i i can't i couldn't help uh when you were when you're doing the synopsis and you said what michael corbin doesn't know i was like please say might kill him <laughs> <laughs> like with a with an emphasis on the might. what michael corbin doesn't know might kill him um and i was like i'm like why was that not on the poster <laughs> uh, yeah uh well, if Michael Corbin doesn't guy. know a lot
1: of things, including French, uh, <laughs> as is evidenced in this thing. Uh, and and something that I uh, I feel like probably gets talked about a lot with this movie, if people are talking about it, is like, okay, there is a summer French club trip to France. That that
0: seems odd to me. Um. Okay. So. Um, speaking from experience as a French student who went on two trips to France, uh, they weren't during summer break. They were during, one was during spring break and then one was during the midwinter break in February. Also a, Um, a
1: post graduation
0: summer trip. Right. Yes. Yes. I will say that there are programs like not where you have a whole class, but like, um, there are programs. I know there's a program at CIEE. I forget what it stands for, but like they do have summer programs for students to study abroad. Um, so I would say that's probably the closest thing that I can think of. So I, 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 I think the post graduation thing is is definitely weird. Like this is definitely to you know m- we're trying to make this work where you know it's that t- taking that puzzle piece that uh, well, it kind of fits. <laughs> uh, I
1: I think that what I would have done differently, sorry to Darren Starr and Fred Decker for uh, giving you notes this late in the game, but perhaps it would have made more sense if instead of going off the heels of a graduation ceremony, of which there are, uh, it's a class of, what, 30 or 40 students, and all of them are in the French club, uh Instead of doing it off of graduation, perhaps do it in the spring, like on the heels of spring break, where he gets called into the principal's office and uh, Miss Grober is there. And it's just like, you are failing French. And if you don't completely nail it, you are going to be, you are not going to graduate. And maybe his parents are there. And that's where he gets the speech from his dad about not having any follow through I don't know. It just seemed to so, me like the the easiest entry point was to have a graduation ceremony. I uh, I think that I mean there. Who doesn't love a good graduation, like a commencement speech from a valedictorian? You know, uh, perhaps it was kind of like an answer to like say anything, uh, where you know there's that classic, you know, speech from Ione Sky.
0: Yeah, 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 well, um, this one, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but does the does the speaker quote, like, the Whitney Houston, like, I believe the children are our future, or uh, am I thinking another there graduation, was, high school comedy?
1: Possibly, I believe that this one referenced We Are the World. Oh, okay. And that's when you see Richard Grieco and the other kind of, like, burnout guy kind of, like, doing a little dance in their seats I don't know yeah
0: uh, yeah I mean I feel like the yeah trying also like trying to kind of I don't know if they're forcing him into that like you know stoner teen thing which Greco doesn't really Grico is definitely not a stoner no no uh his buddy he's got that buddy who is so maybe it's like it's kind of like all right well i hang out with this guy and that's that's about as close as i get to it yeah there's Uh, there's
1: 30 kids in my class and yeah this is the only one i can maybe kind of relate to because
0: we skip the same classes right exactly he's the only other one who's who skipped class but he is Uh, on
1: the french the summer french trip as a just a you know a regular student uh yeah uh, yeah, not a special
0: exception to potentially kind of commit sexual assault on the bus yeah there were yeah that was i because of course you watch a movie a high school movie from 1991 you're you're definitely kind of keeping an eye out for the things that don't age as well and i mean i have to say that was uh, there were uh, maybe a couple of other things that i'm like yeah that wouldn't fly today but that was definitely like i i'm just thinking about like if that happened if someone saw that happen if like i was like there would be so many reports filed and
1: yeah uh i'd say that the maybe not in
0: 1991 the ac- but... the
1: activity on the bus in the french countryside uh from this particular character is akin to the exploits that got uh al franken off the senate um I would I would say these were a step
0: worse. I I don't remember yes. the
1: the exact specifics, but uh, the the parts that I remember about the the bus and the interaction between that character and um like the the the, the girl the valedictorian blonde. yeah yeah oh uh, right she's a valedictorian uh, yeah. is is him shaving and then. Using a soda cup to kind of, like, wash off oh. the blade
0: and then drinking the soda. Wait, you don't remember the part where she's asleep and he comes over and, like, licks her neck? Oh, yeah. The licking the neck. I forgot about that.
1: Forgot about yeah. that one? Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, let's... No, no, no. Oh, yeah. that That's why. I... So, <laughs> that's okay.
1: What I mean. Well, while we're, while we're on the subject of the French class, uh, I think that we need to give a big-time shout-out to... Uh, Robin Bartlett, who plays oh. Miss Grober, the French teacher, uh, who is iconic in this role. And I know that a lot of people would uh, would recognize her because she's just been in uh, everything. I mean, just bef- uh, before If Looks Could Kill, you would have seen her in Heaven's Gate, Sophie's Choice, Baby Boom, Moonstruck, Lean on me, those are literally her first five movies that she's ever been in, and then we come on to Crimes and Misdemeanors, wow. Postcards from the Edge, Alice. Then it looks good, like kill after that. Regarding Henry, Dangerous Minds, yes. uh, City of Angels, Shutter Island, Inside Lewin Davis,
0: uh, The Fablemans, Just what like a character actress who you have seen a million times absolutely and yeah probably don't realize because i imagine she's like you know a chameleon absolutely i mean she does have these
1: kind of like iconic eyebrows that that can give her away but otherwise she completely blends into the character and miss oh. grober is such an a such a fun use of her talents
0: well and miss grober for me personally it is one of the reasons why i think just like i will always enjoy this movie because as i said i took french and i started in 8th grade and um took french all the way through senior year of high school and had the same teacher yeah 8th grade through and i did not go to a high school of 40 you know with a graduating class of 40 um so we um and miss grober to me was if my teacher madame rivkin susan rivkin shout out um she's a superstar and uh but it's like if someone wrote a screenplay and we're like i'm going to base this character on my high school french teacher but like i need to make her a little more this this that like i need to make a comedy character out of this real person I, I watched the movie and I was like, my God, that's Madame. Like, that's her. And this was only in my second year of taking French. I think I uh-huh. was a, I think, I think I I must have been like, by the time I saw this movie, because I didn't see it in the theater, I would have been a, a freshman in high school. So, but like, I just was like, I could totally see her, especially, you know, those moments when, uh, I, I love it, when the when the bus drivers all, I love this running gag that like, yeah, the, there's always like whether it's a CIA, so, operative, right? One, so, one of so Starenko's. because
1: uh British intelligence and the CIA are uh, keeping track of this French class as well as the henchmen of Augustus Starenko, you get this back and forth going on this bus because. Augustus Starenko's people believe that the French teacher is an alias for another like super spy,
0: essentially, because <laughs> they hear all these messages, they yeah, hear her being the referenced. French it's teacher. Like, oh, the it's like, oh, my French teacher's gonna kill me. Yeah, like, oh, the French teacher's after him. Yeah. Uh, but so, Madame, every time the new bus driver comes on, it's like, I am your new bus driver, Jean Pierre, class, bonjour, Jean Pierre. Is that a Ms. Rivkin move? Uh right there. <laughs> and but then also so would be when she when she gets handed the like machine gun and and Michael Corbin's like, you are the French teacher, and and then she like you know leans into that. The bar's closed, she she's, so, she's good. so fabulous. Uh yes.
1: so Dan, as somebody who was in a French club and took French and all that kind of stuff, I... Somebody who saw this movie, and you know, this was a mainstay in our household growing up. When the opportunity came for you to actually go to France with your French club, I mean, was this movie just present in your mind the entire time? Were you half expecting for shit to really go down?
0: <laughs> um, I, you know. I yes, to be honest, yes. <laughs> I I definitely our tour guide, I remember I don't remember her name. I remember the the organization that we went with was called CHA. So, I remember that we called the tour guide Cha-cha. Okay. And she was one of those she was kind of like an Angelica Houston character. If if Angelica Houston played a like, you know, kind of snobby French Uh, tour guide who's like reduced to giving high school students tours um, in a Wes Anderson film, of course, Mm -hmm. Um, probably would have been cha-cha. Like I remember, I don't remember her not wearing sunglasses. And I remember she just had kind of like the, there was like the long dark hair that like went down to the shoulders. um, Like the wig Miranda Richardson wears in the, in the crying game. Um, Or I don't know if it's a wig. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Um, Someone knows what I'm talking about. Um, So that's
1: Cha-Cha. Okay. So for you, was that just like, was it just in the back of your mind, just like she's got to be with intelligence and, you know. I thought perhaps she was a vampire. Oh, okay. Yeah. A a different angle. That's an entirely different movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, in in France, especially the time we went, um, you know, it was pretty like, you know, dark and gloomy enough that like she, she, you know, theoretically, depending on the rules you're following, could have been outdoors. She was definitely like covered. You know who she sounds like to me, and I kind
1: of want. I'm just going to look it up really quickly to to so I get the uh, um, the character name right. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she reminds me of Kristen Wiig's, uh character in *Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar*, Sharon Gordon Fisherman, the uh, <laughs> the the. Uh, the ev- the the bad guy, Sharon Gordon Fisherman. It's she's, uh, her skin is like pure white, yeah. She has this like black hair that's like maybe it's very straight, maybe like chin length. And Dan, if you if you look up uh, Sharon Gordon Fisherman, or actually I can pull it up and uh, and show you show you a picture.
0: Have you seen Barb and Star? Oh, several times, but I don't remember what Sharon Gordon Fisherman really the uh... the, the, the bad guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. So here I'm time. showing you a picture, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Not. I mean, imagine darker clothes. Imagine much darker clothes. Um. Uh, not far <laughs> off. Yes. I'm. Oh, right. Because and that's the one who uh, we they want to be in an official relationship. Yes. Uh, which I loved that Jamie Dornan. That Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, I will straight up admit the last time I watched that movie, I did not put myself in a position to uh, remember details, but I just, I can watch that movie. It is one of my favorite movies of the last. That movie.
1: One of my favorite comedies. About halfway through that movie, I said out loud, I wish that I could watch this movie from the beginning having never seen it. And I wasn't even finished with the movie. And I knew that I was going to buy that movie on Blu-ray as soon as it was available, which I did. Still waiting on that Criterion edition, but maybe oh, I might yeah. have to wait
0: a little longer. That. No, that's <laughs> what I'm holding off for. Um, yeah. it is, know, it, it's, it's a perfect movie to put like, you in a good mood. It so is. I love it. Love. Um, I'm just going to say the Reba McIntyre. Oh, my God. Trish. Oh, my God. So it is, everything about that movie is amazing, and and I, I feel love it.
1: like and I feel like the character of Sharon Gordon Fisherman is akin to an Ilsa Grunt, Linda Hunt's character. Yeah. In so Influx anyway, I, 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 I like I'm glad uh, you brought a super it around a super, like a combination of Augustus Starenko and Ilsa Grunt because Augustus. it's like a, <laughs> a a super villain first of all with an amazing okay Augustus Starenko. Is a fantastic villain name played by Roger Reese, Bravo. the sheriff of Rottingham in uh, in Men in Tights, and just absolutely brilliant. Uh, people would also be likely to know him as uh, uh, one of Kirstie
0: Alley's uh, romantic oh, interests, Robin Colcourt. Robin I Colcourt. Mean- of uh, like you know a uh, major figure in the last um i mean several seasons i forget how many seasons of it but it's like he's he's a pretty like regular character for yeah. uh, a few seasons
1: yeah so mad respect to to Roger Reese and uh, is Roger Reese still with us no no Roger Reese Pull passed I out, Roger it, a couple of years
0: ago yeah
1: and uh, Linda Hunt who a lot of people would most likely remember from Kindergarten Cop as the school's principal, uh, who's just a a force. How Uh, did
0: it feel to hit that son of a bitch? (laughs) Augustus! I love, I love the way... You know who she reminds me of in this? To reference another film that we've covered in Masters of the Universe, Karg. Oh of yeah, Skeletor's henchman. Yeah, yeah. He only meant to please you. Like I believe I I think I have looked it up and I don't think Linda Hunt like did the voice, but Linda Hunt the way she says Augustus but also like and that fucking whip necklace that she wears yes. is just fantastic.
1: So I I uh... Just to kind of do a little bit of a, a Wikipedia dip into Linda Hunt. So,
0: I uh, still with us? yeah, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, uh, I, uh, t- on TV, um, what show was she on? Like a CSI or something like that, or
1: uh, NCIS Los Angeles? Okay, yeah, I knew yeah. it was one of those. And I uh, from uh, not too far. F- she's like, this is surprising. She's uh, she's seventy eight. I feel like she, in my mind, should be much older i I kind of right. felt like in kindergarten cop she was probably
0: sixty <laughs> yeah, she definitely i mean definitely you know? played older, so um,
1: uh no, she was born in nineteen forty five in Morristown, New Jersey, not too far from where oh, we grew up Oh, shout out
0: motown, yeah, uh, I went actually went to- as I said, it no, no, no no, 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 taken Morristown, More, More Town? More, Morristown, Mor yeah. Morristown, yeah, just Morristown, Morristown, just Morristown. That's it fits. Yeah,
1: uh, got her start as Mrs. Oxheart in the 1980 film Popeye. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she was. Uh, she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for portraying Billy Quan in The Year of Living Dangerously.
0: The Year of Living Dangerously, yes okay. Yeah. I can remember what movie it was. And was but, the yeah. first
1: person to win an Oscar for portraying a character of the opposite
0: sex. Right. Um not sure if that car yeah, I, I don't I don't think I've seen that movie actually. Maybe we should cover it.
1: Perhaps we should. Perhaps we should. Or just watch it on our own and and not either and <laughs> not not consider it homework. either uh, or yeah, so uh she is uh she's been married to a woman Karen Klein since 2008. Um she is an ambassador for the Friends of Animal Society. Sounds like a real great lady.
0: Yeah. Uh you yeah. know you won't hear me say a bad thing no, about Linda Hunt. No. No
1: Ilsa but- Grunt IRL, that's for sure. No. So I no. uh, so Augustus Starenko and Ilsa Grunt. So their whole situation is that Augustus Starenko, who Michael Corbin is sent to actually kind of protect and keep an eye on, right? Intelligence doesn't know that Augustus Starenko is actually a bad guy because they are investigating the uh, the disappearances of many uh, diplomats, people like uh, treasury people from different countries in uh, in Europe. Who have come to Starenko uh, because Starenko is trying to get them to kind of hand
0: over their nation's gold. Well, and what's his kind? What's his like position? Like, doesn't he have some? Like, isn't he I like the chairman remember. of the European? S- oh Bank yeah, or something, something like that. Like that.
1: But uh, what he is actually trying to do is to get all of Europe's gold, and he's melting it down to create his own currency to kind of take over Europe <laughs> but you know with a financial angle and uh Ilsa grunt is his you know right hand and also his heavy um which is is very silly considering she is uh sub five feet uh but she is a fierce woman who has a necklace that when pulled off becomes a long gold whip and she is just a, a a real expert with that whip. And yeah. uh it is such a a great villainous uh weapon.
0: It's I mean it great of course uh you know I I think a callback to um oh what's the name of the character in From Russia with Love um the James B- who I'm I'm less him. She's got like a knife in her shoe. Oh, and-
1: it's it's an amalgam of a lot of uh, you know yeah. James Bond villains. I mean, it looks a kill is you know one of the early uh, pre Austin Powers James Bond parodies, of course. Uh, pre spy
0: hard, pre
1: spy hard. Um, yeah, uh, post top secret, but I, that's less of a James Bondy one and more of its own. Uh,
0: uh it that it's you know, kind of movie. a a cold War... right it's like the top secret is like cold war thrill spy thriller slash elvis movie
1: right yeah 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 so uh so if Looks could kill really uh you know, set the groundwork for movies like Austin Powers, uh, especially when it comes to the character Ariola Canasta, uh, named mm-hmm. after uh, anatomy, sexual anatomy, um, played by Carol Davis, uh, who I know best as Roxy from Mannequin.
0: Yes. Hey, Roxy, you look foxy. <laughs> I always thought Another that was movie Julie we Louis need to cover. Dreyfuss.
1: Not Julia oh. Louis
0: Dreyfus, but they definitely no, had no, no, that no.
1: same kind of vibe to them
0: at that time. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. So anyway, uh and coming back to that, it's so funny that you mentioned that because in the New York Times crossword a couple of days ago, that was an answer. What was it? Uh Areola. Oh, it was, yeah, I saw uh, that. Areola. Yes. Yes, I was like, it I can't did. possibly
1: be areola, but it certainly was. I think it said like nipple yeah. ring, nipple ring with a question mark. <laughs> I think that it was like that kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, and it was areola, uh, which, yes, is a, actually, which is yes. a great crossword word because it's got so many vowels in it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Rosa, and R- I think Rosa Klebb was the uh, the character from, from Russia with love. Oh, uh, okay. Was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so,
1: uh, you know, this... I, you know, when you think about Austin Powers and, like, a lot of vagina, you know, it really all started with Ariola canasta, and uh, that needs to be recognized more.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, absolutely. Yeah. Gotta respect if looks could kill. Come Gotta on.
1: respect if looks could kill. Uh, also, the pioneer of the explosive chewing gum uh, uh, yeah. weapon that was then used in the first Mission Impossible movie.
0: Uh, Red light. Indeed. Green light. Yeah. Oh. But in this one, it oh. was,
1: you know, the gum that goes squirt. This is the gum that goes boom.
0: OG Mission Impossible is great. Um, the gum that goes squirt. So yeah, it's so funny because I I think about this gum and I remember Chewls um was I don't know if that if this was the slogan for that gum, but freshen I freshen remember- up gum. Is the gum up- that
1: goes squirt.
0: So, I think like they were the same deal. They were basically like little like gum dumplings, and they had like, but, but the inside was just like flavored ooze. And I think about it, I'm like, it sounds awful. Like, how did our parents let us consume really most of what we consumed?
1: Yeah. If you look up, uh, either on YouTube, there's a few, uh, you can, you can see the commercials and, um, yeah, the gum that goes squirt, freshen up gum. Uh the packaging is just like, you know, this rec the, you know, this uh cubic it's, rectangle, whatever you would yeah. call that. And uh ah,
0: cubic rectangle, works. Cubic rectangle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and it there there were a lot of uh candies during this time that kind of had the same vibe. Um I don't know when they discontinued bonkers,
0: but bonkers was the shit. Bonkers, yeah. I, I want to look that bonkers up. Bonkers was like, we're gonna make two colors and we're gonna combine flavors. It's the same. The
1: packaging mind. is the same exact look.
0: The the, characters, the cubic yeah, rectangle. It's it's, it's a uh, cubic rectangle. Anyway, was, yeah, so yeah. there was
1: that like lady, it was like a lunch lady yeah. looking lady.
0: Yeah, uh, she just like an old lady who was like, What's this crazy candy? And now they were like, bonkers, Try one and she eats it and like her fucking eyes bug out. Yeah, I'm
1: looking at this ad for it. It says now bonkers. With an exclamation mark talking about uh, things with punctuation in it, bonks you out with watermelon flavor, mouth watering uh, watermelon uh, candy watermelon with an extra bonkers. fruity middle, chewy fruity bonkers comes in strawberry. Okay.
0: Um, I totally want some bonkers.
1: Yeah. So there was like a, a cartoon version of the
0: lady, but then also in like
1: a, a real life version. There was live of the action. Lady. Yeah. Like
0: the Saturday morning cartoon ads definitely had like live. I remember that.
1: Yeah. Clearly. Anyway. Uh, but we're talking about freshen up gum or you were saying chew We're talk
0: well we're uh, yeah well and we were talking about the sequence where um he's you know British intelligence is is showing Michael Corbin all of the gadgets and you're walking through like just that one it's such a trope of those films Oh
1: yeah just the like Q. the big yeah.
0: warehouse where it's like here's where we're testing the the blowtorch and here's where oh the, there's a jetpack and
1: Right, and this is also well, you know, you're talking about Spy Hard, but also like Police Squad and The Naked Gun. Talk about The Naked yeah. Gun. You talked, you mentioned Naked Gun before. Uh, you know, it. that has all of these moments in it, um, and Police Squad, which predates If Looks Could Kill. You know, I think by that, a decade, yeah, by a decade. But I think that the. Um, when was the first Naked Gun? Was that like 89? 88. 88? Yeah. So that predates us too. So, uh but yeah, what a what a fun sequence that always is, you know, yeah. seeing all of the 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 testing ground for all of these crazy things.
0: And- you expect it. You expect it and it, I imagine like writing one of those films would be like, "All right, what are we going to have in our thing?" Yeah, so the things that he gets, he gets these
1: suction cup high top sneakers which right. could you have imagined the uh, originally intended Michael Corbin wearing those the actual spy i don't think so <laughs> they they so f- perfectly fit richard greco's uh character that no they I, yeah
0: i think they really pivoted well to to Grieco there
1: yeah uh he has that he has a tuxedo that emits a noxious gas when you lift your arms up which comes in handy later uh which just comes preloaded in the trunk of his car the the lotus
0: yeah um what other gadget? And of course oh of, of course it's noxious fumes coming out of armpits so yeah. that right there tells you the target demographic of this film oh Tween yeah boys. it was us it
1: was, it was yes absolutely us uh what other gizmos did he have i feel like he had some other stuff um but he i guess things kind of like developed <laughs> over the course of the movie but he uh i don't know just kind of like embodied this whole spy Persona really well, of course, you know there's a scene also where he's uh in his hotel room with Ariola uh after he you know uh oh the x ray glasses the x ray specs yes which yes. uh he uses to see the next card in Blackjack, which is like that's not how this stuff would work, even if it was possible no. uh he also has the combat condoms which is a very odd yeah. choice of a an item. Uh, they seem to have known like, oh, you're you're going to be in a hotel room in a romantic situation and you're tighty-whities with Ariola Canasta, right? So certainly you're going to need some impossible to open, which I I saw in an interview with Richard Grieco that they made it intentionally impossible to open but didn't tell him that so that Uh-oh. it... Got the natural reaction of him trying to open up these condoms that are actually impossible to open, right. while she's writhing right. around on the bed with a scorpion in her uh, in her negligee.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, that is I'm like that's so funny. Uh, but also shows because you know what? I don't think you saw those in the definitely not the Sean Connery James Bond films. Oh, uh, <laughs> protection. Even if they were included, even if they were included, yeah, it was a huge prophylactic.
1: Uh, OK, first sure. of all, James Bond has never used protection. I'm just going to no. go ahead and
0: say it. No. Yeah. He shot to kill. But I bet I bet you. <laughs> uh, I bet you James Bond had a vasectomy when he was like, this is the life I'm going to lead. Uh,
1: I bet they do sterilize you when you, you know, enter British intelligence in a double in a O role. Yeah, interesting. Right?
0: Something that's never been covered before. So, <laughs> hey, anyone out there who's um trying to add something new to the genre, um, you know, hmm, there, there's there's something that hasn't been addressed. Oh uh, well,
1: actually, thinking about, you know, what did you see the last James Bond movie, No Time to Die? I did. He does have a oh. kid.
0: Oh yeah.
1: That's that's kind of the. It's been long enough. Spoiler alert for No Time to Die, but uh, yeah, James Bond yeah, yeah. does does have the capability to reproduce. So um, well, so there's that. And let's and speaking of uh, of uh, spies who reproduced, there's Blade, played by Roger Daltrey, lead singer yes. of the Who, uh, who dies at the very beginning. He is the super spy that uh, that Ilsa Grunt uh, does kill. Uh, right off the bat, that's when we see first the um the, the necklace that turns into a whip. Who does have a daughter, Mariska Blade. Yes. Played by Gabrielle Anwar, who's amazing and just totally endearing
0: and exciting. She had she had like a I, and I I I don't I'm not sure exactly um, you know, um why, you know, what kind of you know, why she's I don't know if she stopped working. I feel like I remember she's, there being something about her like voluntarily kind of stepping back from the business because she had like a couple of – like the early 90s, Gabrielle Anwar was like in everything. She
1: took a break uh, between 2011 and 2019, but aside from that, she's remained relatively active, but maybe in uh, less notable films. So, yeah. uh, she was. If Look to Kill was her second movie, Manifesto was her first. Oh, uh, Scent of a Woman, that's what I was saying. Scent of a Woman from for uh,
0: oh, and Burn Notice, okay, yeah, there we so,
1: go. So, uh, for Love or Money, The Three Musketeers, the 1993 Three Musketeers, uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, uh, and yes. then she was, you know, she's been in a lot of stuff that you know maybe was not theatrically released, um. But yeah, she she was in uh let's see once upon a time she was uh she was in she was a main role in that uh Law and Order SVU. I think that, that was just one episode. She had a recurring role on The Tutors uh for six episodes. Um, okay.
0: So she stayed I, she stayed active. I might I might and and also Interesting. So Gabrielle Anwar in 1991 appeared on screen. I don't know if we'll know if she's on Team Greco or Team Depp because she appeared with both of them. Um, she appeared with Greco in If Looks Could Kill, but also played Johnny Depp's girlfriend in the music video for Into the Great Wide Open by wow. Tom Yes. Amazing. So, uh which also co-starred like Faye Dunaway was in that, I think. Weird. Was in that video. She was yeah. also
1: in the music video for the Paul McCartney song Pretty Little Head the 1986 music video.
0: Weird. Yeah. Anyhow, and she's God, been nominated unwise.
1: for for some awards for for her work. She a, a Teen Choice Award for her role in Burn Notice. Interesting. Uh, she was nominated Teens for love for the nervous. Teen Choice Award in 2018 uh, for for the for her villain role in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Interesting. So she's 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 had quite a career, and she's yeah. really captivating uh, in If Looks Could Kill as the romantic interest for Richard Grieco, also the daughter of Special Agent Blade. Right. And uh, actually, Dan, I her her name in this Mariska. She was actually named for Mariska Hargitay, and uh, who was—I don't remember if it was Darren Star, uh, but she was, oh. you know, uh, Mariska Hargitay, and maybe it was Darren Star. You know, we're
0: we're close at the time. So, where and then did they end up on the on the same uh, Law and Order together? Uh. I couldn't remember which Law and Order you just said that Gabrielle Anwar was oh svu okay yeah uh, is that the mariska hargitay
1: one yeah i think so so um yeah darren Star, mariska hargitay are That's fantastic uh, our, i love our that. buddies so there you go so uh mariska is named for mariska hargitay uh yeah who's daughter of jane mansfield i forget who her father is but you know nepo baby yeah and so uh but she's fantastic in this. She's really great. Uh, at first, she's she is trying to get uh, Michael Corbin to uh, she. You know, she knows that he is being sent to protect Starenko, so she's trying to stop him. And uh, when it becomes so, there's like a rivalry between the two of them. And then when she, you know, things kind of turn around a little bit, and then when she tells him like. Oh no, that's a really shitty dude. You're you're helping the wrong guy. Uh that's when things kind of take a turn. Um but yeah, th- it's it's so much fun. She's so fantastic. She's great against Greco. Uh and I don't know, Dan, you and I love this movie. It is bo- it is certainly Obviously. for us a cult classic. Uh what would you do these days? How would you bring it back?
0: Uh so, what I was th- in thinking about, okay, like, what would I do? And, you know, I, I was thinking that a a prequel, I'm like, what, what am I, in, what do I want to know more about here? And I feel like there's a backstory here and maybe it's when Ilsa met Augustus, maybe. Uh, but I feel like the characters of Starenko and Ilsa, and Blade, uh, oh Blade, comp- and Blade. Yes, I'm. I mean, I feel. I don't feel like anyone's going to be like. I don't buy anyone else other than Roger Daltrey playing Blade. Um, like yes, Who no one else, should, young Roger. No Daltrey. one, no one else could possibly be the lead vocalist for the Who. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. So I mean, maybe Pete Townsend. Um, at times. At times, yes. Yeah. Uh, but he, is, uh, I'm like you could John and whistle at times. Um, uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> yes. Man, jump. Well, not lead, sing. singer, uh, not lead singer. Not lead singer. Anyway, coming back to uh, coming back to this, you but you could even do like uh, a little like tribute casting, and you know who could play like you know Harry Styles as, as Blade. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh cast another British uh you know pop. I'm trying to think of someone who's like young enough, because like, you know, who who else are you gonna like Chris Martin? No. Uh I wonder if well, you're talking stunt casting, so you're talking about like a singer
1: yeah. turned actor. Yeah. I, I don't know.
0: know. I, I I don't know. Anyway, I'm like, you don't have to go that way. But just kind of like because I'm because we get that line when Starenko uh kills ilsa spoiler alert mm-hmm. too late uh and um you know who will kill for kill you, for you <laughs> and 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 he kind of pulls the like i learned it by watching you thing yeah and yeah. um i'm like okay so i want to see that like how did like what is i'm imagining that like he's sent to some boarding school and she's like some type of i don't know uh, like Dean or something, and which is so funny because as we're learning, she was like 30 during
1: this. Like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: yes, but no, uh, like no one thinks that. So, uh, that anyway, that's that's what I would love. Sorry, to see she is, was 40, is... she was 46
1: when, okay. when this came out.
0: All right. Yeah. So um and I'm like I don't and yeah you, there might be like the whole like well okay you're in a cast like there's not too many actors working there working who look like Linda Hunt per se but do they need to? How, like it's the character and I feel like like you mentioned Kristen Wig before in <laughs> Barb, but sorry I'm like someone like Kristen Wig could play this character i'm not saying Kristen wig but like there are a lot of actresses who i think could really be a great like you know uh younger Il- ilsa a, a you know i don't know early 20s mid 20s kind of like a nurse ratchety kind of yeah. uh yeah yeah interesting I don't know. So that's yeah. what I'm thinking is that, is that type of prequel and that, cause also it's like Blade in the beginning of this acts like he's been after Starenko for oh, a while. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I just want to see, maybe it doesn't have to be like young, like young, young Augustus, but, um, uh, you know, an apprentice Augustus and, uh, you know, perhaps Blade on the other end of this kind of like pursuing this, you know, crime being a, Oh, becoming aware of this like crime network mm-hmm. so kind of yeah. like a specter and maybe add more characters yeah, in there and you have other spies and yeah so uh, that's what i'd do what what do you what do you want to do okay i'm gonna pull back the
1: curtain for a second yeah i'm gonna let everybody know we've recorded this episode before we've done this whole thing before ah. Uh, what is this tenant? <laughs> we yeah. <laughs> uh, however, Dan, I am going to uh, revise my my thoughts about what I would do with If, if Looks Could Kill because oh, when we did this the other day, interesting. Yeah. I had mentioned that I would just want to see a remake, right? And yes, kind of, but I want to see an If Looks Could Kill animated series. Yes, you could still have. First of all, uh, Linda Hunt could absolutely voice Ilsa Grunt. Oh, absolutely! Greco could,
0: vo- could 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 Greco. I don't
1: think Greco could voice a teenager, but I think
0: that Greco could be. Well, he wasn't a teenager.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, no, no. Uh, I I believe that. What if Greco was the new Starenko? Like you know. To put a spin on it, uh, I but definitely involve Richard Grieco because he was the heart of this movie. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Gabrielle Lenoir is still active; she could be part of it. I think that there's a, a really great opportunity to, uh, I mean, Roger Daltrey, you know, uh, you know, really, really tie it together. Uh, and it's been a while since we've had a. You know, mistaken identity, teenage teenager turned spy, kind of a thing. Uh, even a while since we've had a like kid spy thing. Uh, you know, Spy Kids <laughs> it has been a while. Agent Cody Banks has been a long time. Right, uh,
0: we're we're due for a a kid also, spy situation. A- Agent Cody Banks and Spy Kids were more like younger kids. This younger is, kids. This is more. This is closer to that like top secret. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, oh, God, I'm blanking on the character name that Val Kilmer does, but... Nick Rivers. Um, Nick, Nick, Nick Rivers. Nick. Um, so, yes, um, I love the idea of the animated series. Yeah. I love that, because you could also, like, you could just have it so, set then. Right, so... Your, your pilot could be a straight-up remake of the movie absolutely, and then just absolutely. continue. So, uh, right
1: now on Comedy Central, there is a an animated series called Digman, it it's about an arch like a celebrity archaeologist voiced by Andy Samberg uh he oh, and yeah. Nick Campbell yeah. created it and wrote it and um it's it's a a very silly show uh it's you know it takes place in a world where archaeologists are the celebrities yes. and uh i highly recommend watching it but it's you know i haven't seen it but i've heard of it you know it's a, it's it's a show it's it's a it's an animated series that's for you know, college age, probably, you know, viewers. People in their college days spill D-A-Z. Oh, you know it. And so I think that there's uh, a really great opportunity to kind of uh, associate it with that kind of style. And um, yeah, I think think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, Dan, before we wrap up, I want to just give you a few Richard Grieco fun facts.
0: Oh please! Okay, are
1: you aware that he is an artist?
0: I mean, i not not in, this not in movie, the yeah. not in the
1: acting arts, but in like fine arts, visual arts.
0: Oh no, I did not he, know
1: that. Uh, so he started uh, making art in the maybe 1990. Was encouraged to explore this art further by Dennis Hopper. Of course, and he calls his form of artwork abstract emotionalism. So that's some information for you. Uh, He has a Boston Terrier named Vader who is very prevalent on his his Instagram, which begs the question, is there a place for Richard Grieco in the Star Wars universe? Absolutely yes, there has to
0: be. If there is a place for Carl Weathers in the Star Wars universe, (laughs) there is a... No, I mean, I'm not. That is definitely not a dig on Carl Weathers, but I'm like the people who've popped up in the Star Wars universe, if there's a place for Jeff Lizzo, Flag, yeah, like yes, absolutely. Uh, Rico,
1: okay, I got, I got a couple more things for you. I uh, plays a lot of video games, and this information may be out of date, but his gamer tag, at least at the time of the interview that I saw him do this in,
0: Deathma Six. Oh damn it! I thought it was gonna be Michael Corbin. Wouldn't that be
1: great? <laughs> I've got one other gem for you, Dan, and I—I I haven't seen this in any, you know, IMDb trivia, Wikipedia trivia. I saw this in an interview that he did uh, with a Yahoo uh, at the 30th anniversary of, of *If Looks Could Kill*. Do you know what movie Richard Grieco turned down the starring role in?
0: Oh. Do I know what movie I, Richard Griego turned on? I down? am going
1: to uh, give you a few hints. Okay. Uh, this movie came out just a few years after If Looks Could Kill. Okay. Uh, it is what I would consider, and I may have said this to you upon watching it recently, what I think is maybe the best action movie
0: Okay, hold on. So it came out a few years, a few years like after, within a few years after. Yes. It looks good, mm-hmm. Kill. You think it's the best action movie? And this is
1: according to Richard Grieco.
0: Is it a movie that we have covered? Yes. Is it Speed? It is. I don't, I, I, I'm, I, it sounds, that sounds familiar. Like I knew that once, like at some point. But okay, yeah. Um I get that. Yeah. I'm not saying I would prefer it any other way than it turned out, but I see that.
1: Uh I would be really curious to to watch the uh alternate universe version of Speed starring Richard Grieco.
0: What if Richard Grieco had been the lead in Speed 2? I wonder if it would have been more successful. It's a good question. We'll never How know. Do you- It's like, man, how do you blow it when you've got Willem Dafoe as your villain and UB40 as the band on the cruise? Oh,
1: that's what we all, that's what we all want to know. But Dan, what our listeners want to know is what we're covering on our next episode. We teased it before, but we didn't really get into it. Tell everybody what we're doing next.
0: Oh my God, we are doing the podcast of the Planet of the Apes, which is actually probably already a thing now that I'm hearing it. But um, Did you say that because then you would have
1: two of thes? podcast of the planet of the apes
0: the same way yes. they have yes okay conquest of the planet of the apes doubling episode... doubling yes. up
1: on the of thes.
0: yes we are having episode of the planet of the apes um and uh i i mean we're just going to talk about them all right we're everything from it, dan carve out like an an entire
1: day we're gonna <laughs> this is going to be a long record <laughs>
0: you you know, perhaps I perhaps I will. Oh, we're gonna have fun with that. I'm so excited. Everything, every every, all the Planet of the Apes movies. I will I can I cannot promise that I will read the original novel or watch the animated series, but
1: there's a lot of ground to cover. And so so, yeah, and so it's a planet. It is please, if you have any thoughts about how you would want to bring back if looks could kill. Any of the other 191 movies that we've covered on this podcast, which includes yeah. music videos for or Aerosmith. A fuck and yeah.
0: yeah, you want to see a sequel to the video for like Total Eclipse of the Heart? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, or
1: Planet of the Apes. Uh, email us ruinedchildhoodspot yeah. at gmail.com. All of our stuff is on our link tree. There's a link to that in the bio. Dan, did you have anything you wanted to add?
0: No. Oh, you you pointed,
1: you pointed to me.
0: No, I mean, check out, like, yeah, check out the T-Pub, check out the, like, T-shirts, uh, our merch shop, get yourself a, like, I love Jesse Plemons thing. If you're watching that, like, you you watch that trailer, um, uh, Flowers of the Killer Moon, and you're like, I need some Jesse Plemons merch to Jesse go see Plemons. this movie. Jesse Plemons,
1: this, this is his decade.
0: He- Always delivers.
1: Always delivers. Uh, and thank you to those who have been purchasing uh, some of our merch from our tea Public store. Yeah. Especially our Jesse Plemons merch, which has been uh, flying off the shelves, uh, proverbially. And uh, Dan, as you are venturing through the French countryside with a, a cast of characters driving the bus, I wish you a good journey.
0: Good journey. <laughs>